Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 125 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Do you ever feel guilt for eating certain foods? Do you fear judgment about what people are going to be thinking about your body? Do you ever call foods good or bad? If you can relate to any of these, this is an episode that you may just find helpful. I have a letter from someone who's experiencing just that and feeling really stuck, especially as this person is moving towards midlife and menopause. They're wondering how can they really get out of this diet cycle that they've been stuck in, this really exhausting hamster wheel that is pushed by its society and many different paths of life. I'm excited to have a guest on the show. Her name is Amanda Beck, and she is one of the co-hosts of the Fat and Faithful podcast, which I really encourage you to check out, especially if you identify as someone who practices a faith or religion and is really craving more of how to heal your relationship with food 
without dieting and letting go of the scale. I feel like diet culture is even in our temples, our churches, our mosques, any place of, of worship. Somehow diet culture is like in the front row. And we really need to call that out and make sure we kind of show it the door because I really wish it wasn't welcome there, but somehow it's there. And Amanda's going to really um, help us to understand things about guilt and good and bad and judgment and help us to move forward. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have PCOS, you may think you have to diet in order to somewhat control and manage this condition. Well, I am excited to tell you that that's just not the case. You can move away from diets. You can heal your relationship with food, practice things like intuitive eating, get rid of the scale, and maybe, just maybe, feel more at home in your own skin. Maybe even feel like you don't hate it anymore. That is my goal when anybody is working with me as I help them heal a relationship with food when they're infected by PCOS. And I designed this 12-step system in an online course format so it's self-paced and you can go at your own speed but have access to it forever. You can get all the details by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com. Also, don't forget, I have this really new cool podcast just for those of you affected by PCOS. It's called PCOS and Food Peace. I'm going to be launching it in just a few days, September 6th. And um, in case you're listening to this podcast live in real time or whatever you want to call it, but it, the podcast is going to be around forever. But I'm going to do this special 10 episode capsule podcast where I'm interviewing really fun, interesting people like Jess Baker, Caroline Dooner. I'm also interviewing Ivy Felice. Alicia, Danny, Adriana, and many, many, many more people. And they're exploring their relationship with food alongside their PCOS journey. I think you're going to really like it. And if you don't have PCOS, but you're affected by an autoimmune condition or another chronic disease, I have a feeling you're going to find some nuggets just for you because as they were talking about it, I noticed there was lots of themes that other people without PCOS have. And uh, things like, how do you deal with going to the doctor and um, getting dismissed there all the time? I know that is something that you may experience as well. So you can get all the information on that by checking out me on Instagram at foodpeacedietitian. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food. Over the years, I have grown to love you, cooking and baking you, experimenting with ways to put you together in a meal or dessert, and of course, eating you. The problem is that I've also struggled with body image and guilt about you, especially now that I've reached a midlife. I was one of those kids and teens who was naturally thin. It was probably a mix of my genetics, my pickiness, my anxiety, which often shut down my appetite. People commented on my small appetite and my thinness a lot from a fairly young age. The comments ranged from admiration to mild concern, but the general message I got was that being thin was a big part of my identity. At the same time, I grew up in a strict food household in which there were definite good and bad foods. And I was told that although I didn't have to worry about my weight as a growing child, someday I would have to be more careful about food to stay thin. 
When I reached my 20s, I gained weight naturally as my body became more womanly. I was still at a healthy weight, but for the first time, I stopped getting comments about how thin I was. I will admit that I had a hard time with this, with this loss of that part of my identity. And I began to question at times whether I was eating too much or too much of the wrong things. I began to scrutinize my body and dislike parts of it intensely, comparing it to bodies that were thinner. I also got married and my in-laws had even more intense and overt judgments about weight and fatness. My fear of their judgment only added to my body image concerns. After I had my two children, I secretly went on a diet for the first time, learning to track what I ate and maintain a certain calorie limit each day. This worked, but I noticed that food and tracking food became close to an obsession and that scared me. My sister has struggled with an eating disorder and I knew I didn't want to go down that path. So I pulled myself out of the diet. Even so, I found myself every year or two secretly dieting again to get my weight down to an acceptable level and then pulling back out of it for fear of developing an eating disorder. I also railed against society's obsession with thinness and beat myself up for giving into that superficial, even cruel mentality. This push and pull was confusing, and it still is. Now that I've entered midlife, my body has felt out of control at times. I weigh more than I ever have, and when I've tried to diet, it's much harder to lose the weight. In fact, I've noticed that when I do try to rein in my weight by restricting calories— My body rebels by gaining weight at first and then losing slowly and sporadically. I've also noticed that I need to diet more often to keep my weight down and that weight fluctuations are greater. All of this terrifies me. So I'm trying to make a commitment to stop dieting altogether, accept my higher weight and trust my body knows what it needs, even if sometimes it needs to satisfy my strong sweet tooth. But it's not easy. And I often find myself feeling confused, wondering if I'm doing the right things, balancing what I crave with what my body actually needs. I also fret about the future. What happens when I hit menopause and my body changes again? I'm scared about how that will feel and how I will handle it. How do I move beyond what I now realize has been disordered eating and distorted body image? How do I move beyond my fear of fat? and learn to love my body rather than poke and prod at all its bits I hate? How do I know the difference food between what is a healthy embrace of my enjoyment of you and what may be an unhealthy reaction against past restriction or guilt about you? How do I do this intuitive eating thing right and make it stick through whatever changes are in store for my body? Sincerely, trying to age gracefully. Hey there, letter writer. Wow, you are going through a lot. And it sounds like your brain must be exhausted from all of this like tug of war that you're experiencing with your relationship with food and your body. You know, the words that you use to describe your relationship with food, like good and bad, guilt, judgment, those are all things that made me think about someone I've just started to get to know. Her name's Amanda Beck, and she's from the Fat and Faithful podcast. I had the opportunity to talk to her on her podcast about intuitive eating, 
And I really, really enjoyed listening to what she had to say from her perspective. She's someone that looks at our relationship with food and body image through the lens of her faith. I know many people that I've talked to along this time walking with people on their food peace journey is that they feel this kind of disconnect with their place of worship, that whether it's their church or their temple or their mosque, any place where they are connecting to something bigger than themselves, yet bodies are still scolded as bad and they're not feeling that kind of acceptance and uh, forgiveness and things that they're really needing in order to heal. And I have really been thankful for Amanda's message and her podcast because she's talking about Christian faith through the lens of health at every size. And it's really amazing. And it's giving us some more perspectives on how people who are practicing a Christian faith can help heal their relationship with food. So let's go ahead and give Amanda a call and hear what she has to say. Hello. Hello, Amanda. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. How are you? I am so happy to talk to you. Um, I know we got to connect on your podcast, Fat and Faithful, and I'm excited to talk again on mine. So thanks for agreeing to help me with this letter. I'm very excited to be here. So did you get a chance to, to look through the letter yet? I did. Awesome. So I am curious, what is... What's your general impression about what this person's experiencing? In the letter, I hear a lot of negativity, which um, specifically things like guilt over dieting, over obsession with thinness, and some shame because this the letter writer wants knows that seeking thinness is not the right thing, quote, right thing to do but she still really wants it. So she's carrying a lot of shame about that. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think a lot of people live with because they have pressure from our society to look a certain way, particularly women in regards to thinness. Men have their own expectations um, that they're, you know, that encountering in society. So the first thing that I would kind of tell the the letter writer is to ask the question, why am I feeling guilty? And what is the purpose of my body? I, I love listening to you because you always have this really, um, you have this way of, of, connecting the relationship with our body and with food in a way that I never was looking at. Like I, you're going down a path that I wasn't going down. And so I'm so I'm sitting here kind of like mouth open, like just listening. <laughs> so, okay. Well, so I appreciate jump it. In if you need to reel, reel me back in, but I do have a trajectory. Yes. I, I, I'm curious where your trajectory is. And, you know, I, and I appreciate too, your trajectory, um, just from knowing about your work, I know you're connected to faith. And um, when this person used words that had lots of 
um, connections to to um, spirituality, to religion, to faith, like judgment and guilt and good and bad. I thought of you. I thought you were the first person I thought of when I read this letter because I think you're someone that I know you're someone that's thought a lot about this. This is something that you've processed um, in your own experiences with food and body. So yeah, I want to know your trajectory for sure. Okay. So um, one, when you're analyzing guilt like that, and this has been my experience and the, the experience of people that I'm walking with this through, I'm a, I'm a size dignity activist. I'm not a, a nutrition professional, but I, um, I'm a writer who writes about treating people of every size with dignity. Um, and so getting to the root of the question, the, I mean, the root of the issue, why do I feel ashamed about my body? Usually we feel shame when we feel like we've failed some set of expectations. And so the conversation turns to, well, what is the purpose of my body? How, how can I have a good body? In our culture, good body is a thin body mm. for a woman. So what is the purpose of body? And I'm a person of faith. And that means that the way that I see things is that our bodies are the way that we have a relationship with other people. Like we, our brains can't have a, a conversation. I mean, our brains are part of our bodies, but our minds, our intellect, our creativity has to work through our body, right? So if we can see that the purpose of our body is not performance and it's not um, being on a pedestal to be looked at, and we can know that relationship is the purpose for our body, then it changes the questions you're asking and the standards you're trying to live to. Because instead of being, how can I stay thin? It's how can I have a relationship? Mm-hmm. And so I use a phrase called, I mean, I use a phrase, um, all bodies are good bodies. And I get a lot of pushback on that um, because people are like, well, how can a body that's disabled or how can a body that's unhealthy be good? And so that's where that question of purpose comes in. Well, people who are disabled can have relationships, deep, beautiful, good relationships, people with chronic illnesses, people who are what society calls unhealthily fat or, you know, whatever, morbidly obese. That is not a hindrance to genuine relationship. And so when I define my life's purpose around how I can interact um, loving God and then loving my neighbor as myself, then it just changes the, the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And truly all bodies are good bodies then, because mm-hmm. we yes. all have that ability to connect with other people. Yeah. Oh man. That's, I feel like that's really important. And you know, something about this letter that struck me, um, was her speaking about the aging process and how that relates to this and how it's becoming more challenging for this letter writer to feel okay in her own skin. And I, I feel like that is something that is understood these days. If, if a woman is aging and, um, aging without trying to stay looking young and letting the body become round wherever it's going to be round and gray and, and wrinkly or whatever, then, the woman is not going to be seen or heard. You know, that's that's kind of a cultural expectation now is to make sure a person stays relevant, you know? And yes. what a horrible experience, um, especially like I, when I was young, I remember thinking, wow, I can't wait 
to be a woman that is totally um, feels okay in the skin that she's in, you know, kind of like when I always hear people at 50 plus who are saying, you know, I just don't care what people think anymore, but it sounds like that's not really the case anymore, you know, that there's extra pressure. And when I was listening to what you were saying about the body's purpose is relationships. And when I think about aging and changes in life, relationships are what help us get through that. That's our support. So if we're like thinking our body is meant to be, the purpose is to perform or to look a certain way, well, then we're going to miss out on those relationships. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's when food um, can even like orthopraxy with food or um, where we have to eat the right thing. It, it prohibits us from having a relaxed, enjoyable relationship with our neighbors, with our kids, with our spouses, with, with our friends, because we're so consumed in our brain with what we're putting into our mouths and how we're walking it off Mm -hmm. um, and keeping a tally that it, it becomes transactional and food becomes transactional rather than relational. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm Catholic. So I think about um, the Eucharist for us and we're, we get fed with food. Like God meets us in a place of eating. And so many religions have a feasting mentality. And I think that that's a part of building that community of, of family and friends that helps us through the aging process. One thing that I have come to really value is this idea that my body tells my story. Mm. And for me, so I use the word fat as a neutral descriptor. I'm a fat woman in my mid thirties and my body tells the story of my life. So I'm going gray <laughs> and I'm really tired. And part of the reason I'm going gray is because I have four children, six and under. And also my dad went gray early. And so that's part of my story that I carry the genetic traits of my family from both sides, my mom and my dad. My body is not a genetically perfect specimen and that's okay because diversity, even in ability and, um, function and those tell a story of where we've come from. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important to connect to in such a, a, a different perspective is how our body, where, where we're round or wrinkly or gray, how that's connecting to, um, people that have walked before us, you know, our ancestors and, and, um, what a neat connection. I I can remember, uh, speaking at a conference. Oh my goodness. It was probably 15 years ago. And we talked about, I was talking about, um, I think it was size acceptance and fat acceptance in a place that wasn't typically thinking in that way. And most people were pushing against, just like how you said people push against all bodies are good bodies. I got a similar kind of pushback. And I'm so grateful there was someone in the audience who raised her hand and said, "Um, I love my round belly because it's the same round belly that my grandmother had and her mother had and her Mm -hmm. mother had. And it connects me to her. She's no longer here. And it helps remember 
the love and support. I mean, she just went on for so for minutes talking about how it was such a beautiful thing. And, and, um, and I, I think that's an important thing for this letter writer and anyone who can identify with the body in that way and how it connects us to even people who are no longer with us, you know, how that can be so powerful. And if we're stuck on like, I want there to be less of me, or I need to look a certain way, how that'll disconnect us from those types of relationships too. Yeah. And not even just, um, I want to be smaller or less of me, but there's a commercial, um, that has looking through your history and the traits that you have from your ancestors and then changing that with plastic surgery. Oh, wow. It is being targeted that we're somehow becoming better with the inter, like the intervention of medicine and like medicine is good for healing sick people. But, um, if, if we lose that connection of our body to our families, our communities, um, that, that's really dangerous because, um, who are we if we had, don't have a story of community? i I write about story all the time because our, our minds and hearts are not changed by facts alone. We have to find ourselves within a context. And so this, this letter writer wants to age gracefully, wants to be okay with the appearance of her body. Um, and I sensed a lot of fear in her letter. Um, and so the last thing that I would tell her is that not only does your body tell your story, but it's a story worth telling. And as you age, you have more to tell. <laughs> you've mm-hmm. seen more of life. You've had more relationship. You have more experience. You have more wisdom. You have chosen. Um, you have made good choices and bad choices. But our bodies reflect that journey. And the, our children, um, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews and friends, they need to know the story that our body is telling because it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and their experiences are enriched by knowing our story and connecting yes. with us. Yes. Oh, that is just such a great way to, to look at it. Um, I always appreciate your words, your words. Um, I don't know, they paint a beautiful picture for me. So I appreciate them. And, you know, something that I'm wondering, Amanda, is we have something called a food piece syllabus as a part of our show where we collect uh, books and podcasts and blog posts, anything under the sun that helps to promote a more positive uh, relationship with food and body. And if you're new to the podcast, you can get access to yours at juliedillonrd.com. And Amanda, would you like to add anything to the food piece syllabus? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. This is one of my favorite things you do on your podcast. (laughs) So much so that I have incorporated a similar idea into the podcast that I host with Jay Nicole Morgan. It's called Fat and Faithful. And it's two fat women talking about faith, culture, and politics. And yeah, we have a a really good time. You were on my podcast Mm -hmm. um, several months ago talking about intuitive eating. But we talk about bodies and faith. Um, and eating and the purpose of bodies, kind of everything we talked about today from a from the lens of a, a faith perspective. I am Catholic and she is Protestant. So we have some really fantastic conversations there. So that's one thing. You can get it wherever podcasts are accessed. 
And then my book is coming out from our Sunday Visitor publisher in December. So uh, December 6th is the launch date. And I um, would love it if you could get it. The title is Lovely, How I Learned to Embrace the Body God Gave Me. And in it, I discuss my journey to learning to love my body and how um, my faith has helped me do that and how just observations about life, like my body telling my story has impacted how I see my body and how I want to help others embrace theirs. Oh, definitely. We will put those on the syllabus and I will also put links to it in the show notes so um, someone can connect with that book as soon as it's released. And I really appreciate your wisdom. Again, I, the way that um, you choose words has always been, um, I don't know, it's something, it connects well with my blood or something. There's something about it mm. that I, I always appreciate. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to help me answer this letter. And I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Julie. All right. So there you have it, letter writer. I hope that conversation with Amanda gave you some next steps. And anyone listening who can relate to this letter, I hope it helps you to feel just a little bit more at home in your own skin today. Certainly, I really connected to what Amanda had to say when she said, your body tells your story. That just speaks volumes to me. And I wonder if it does for you too. I see food has written back. But before we get to that, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. You can get to all the details by going to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed to the show, or shared it with a friend. This is the way that the Apple Podcasts algorithms that are all a mystery to us, that's how shows grow and are able to be found by other people who are hoping to make peace with food. So I appreciate in advance any kindness that you share. All right, food is written back. So until next time, take care. Dear Trying to Age Gracefully, we wish our ways of relating did not center around fear, worry, hatred, restriction, and shame. We wish we related through satisfaction, openness, compassion, forgiveness, and nourishment. What makes the judgment come? Meditate on your body's purpose. It's not to obsess or perform. It's not the way to control life's uncertainties. Your body tells your story, and only you can tell it. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Take care.